what's shaking people? I'm Dave Rubin, this is the Rubin Report direct message for today, June 7th, 2021. Uh, as always, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, tap that notification bell, and I've been told to remind you to share these videos using your computer device or handheld technological thing that you've got in your pocket. You can click the link, you can share it, and then other people will see these videos. It's very, very exciting. Uh, hope everybody had a great weekend. I did, it was very chill around here. We had some family visiting, a lot of food, a lot of pool time. Uh, I did not do politics over the weekend. Suffice to say that on Friday afternoon, a little project that Dave Rubin had been working on for about six years came to fruition. I finally, finally, fully red-pilled my brother-in-law. I had been working on this for a long, long time and I made it happen. I doled out the final pill. It was in the hot tub with some tequila, which helps. But once the final pill was swallowed, he looked at me and he said, well, this sucks, but I get it. And thus, the adventure can begin. Pretty good. All right, guys, we've got four stories for you today. Uh, this Joe Biden fella, he gave a commencement speech at the White House. He didn't actually go to any universities. I guess they did this online so they could send it to a bunch of college graduates. And he's warning people that systemic racism and climate change, they're coming to get you. And he's gonna fix those things, even though he never did it in 47 years of public office before he just became president. Uh, then if you wanna see just a master class in what just blew anon, sort of worthless journalist slash worthless uh, figurehead for an administration sound like, well, Jen Psaki was on Brian Stelter's ironically named Reliable Sources this weekend. It is literally the most ironically named television show in the history of the world. It's called Reliable Sources. Brian Stelter is probably the most unreliable person, perhaps on television, and the show's called, I mean, call it Unreliable Sources, then we've got no problem, but you call it Reliable Sources. Anyway, he just did the worst sort of softball interview with Pisaki, and we'll dive into that. And then I thought we'd do a little story on how country, uh, states are going in different directions. We've had a divergence. There's a divergence in the force. And uh, Washington, of course, a blue state, they are instilling critical race theory in schools, while Florida, a red state, uh, is actually banning critical race theory in schools, and that is not an infringement on the First Amendment or on free speech. I'll get into that in a little bit. And then for the fourth story, as long as we're talking about Florida, because they're doing it right in Florida, and I'm going to Florida next week, by the way, and I'll be interviewing on location uh, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, who's just doing an absolutely freaking unbelievable uh, job in welcoming thousands and thousands of people who are leaving San Francisco. He has turned Miami into an absolute Incredible tech hub. They had a Bitcoin conference over the weekend. Like there's just so much going on down there. I can't wait to get down there in case you can't tell. Uh, he is also banning trans girls in sports. So biological boys who wanna play in girls sports and beat the crap out of girls and dunk on girls and things of that nature. Uh, well, Ron DeSantis is taking the uh, highly controversial opinion of saying, no, you can't do that. So we'll get into all of that. Um, so first story. Let's talk about this Joe Biden guy. He gave a commencement speech. You know, he just reads off the prompter. Sometimes he's good at it, sometimes he isn't. He didn't have any major flubs on this one. Uh, but here, he warned the college, uh, the college graduates of 2021. He warned them about the two biggest threats that they'll be facing in their lifetimes. 
And now you face another inflection point. As we put this pandemic behind us, rebuild our economy, root out systemic racism, and tackle climate change, we're addressing the great crises of our time with a greater sense of purpose than ever before. And because of you, your generation, I've never been more optimistic about the future than I am today. All right, so let's just be clear about a couple things here. Joe Biden has been in office over 47 years. The fact that he never uttered the phrase systemic racism until the last year, in essence, you know, sort of year and a half when he started running for president this time around, sort of tells you that that's just made up on its face. Also, the fact that I guess he didn't really do anything about climate change in 47 years. I mean, it's just sort of hysterical nonsense, but they want the base and especially the young people to feel like there are these massive things that if only you give them enough money, of course, and enough power and enough control over your life, that if that then you can fix these things. Of course, these things probably can't be fixed. Uh, first, because you know that systemic racism one, it doesn't exist, okay? It does not exist. There is no racism in the system that is the laws of the United States. If there were laws that said black people can't do this, white people get extra benefits to do this, Asian people can't do this, any of that kind of stuff, then I would actually uh, be against those things. I would be fighting for equality for all people, and that's what's guaranteed to us in the Constitution of the United States. Over the years, we have had laws that were racist, Jim Crow laws, for example. We've done some bad things, Japanese internment, things of that nature, and then we've always fought to get rid of those things. So when Joe Biden tells you that systemic racism exists, not only is he lying, and if, it, if he isn't lying, well, then he's been part of it this entire time, um, but he's using something that doesn't really exist just to further whatever his political goals are. And I don't even think he knows what his political goals are. His political goals are, goals are whatever his handler's goals are, uh, right? I mean, like, we all know that. Uh, if you wanna talk about systemic racism, if you're talking about affirmative action, that we give money to people based on the color of their skin, well, that might be something related to systemic racism. Or that in the COVID relief bill that you just pushed, we started giving more to black and brown farmers and less to white farmers. We covered that a couple of weeks ago. That's kind of systemic racism. That, that would be that kind of stuff, but I'm pretty sure that's not what Joe is talking about. And then as far as climate change, as I've said many times, and I've had people on the show to talk about climate change, the issue is not whether the climate is changing. The issue is not scientific consensus or any of those things. The issue is what can, if anything, we do about it as a, as a nation and as a world. And if you think that just passing the AOC's Green New Deal is a good idea, like to just rejigger the economy so that AOC can have whatever she wants. Climate, by the way, she told us that uh, the world's ending in 12 years. That was about two years ago, so we only got 10 years anyway. Uh, but meanwhile, AOC, did you see this? This was on Friday. Uh, she posted a picture of her abuela uh, in Puerto Rico who uh, is living in strife, apparently. She's living in a very dilapidated building. And she's, she, AOC claimed that it was because Trump held up relief after the storms in Puerto Rico. Now, that was a year and a half ago, and I guess for some reason AOC, she makes 180 grand a year, she has a Tesla, she lives in a very elite building in DC. I guess for some reason she didn't want to put together or fundraise or anything, anything to help her abuela. So Matt Walsh over at the Daily Wire, he put together a GoFundMe for AOC's abuela, and uh, it raised over $100,000 that the AOC team rejected. So all that money has been dispersed back to people. I threw in some money. Uh, I also offered to give a Spanish copy of Don't Burn This Book, which just came out last week, the official Spanish translation of Don't Burn This Book. But anyway, the point is, 
Yes, AOC salary is 174,000. Thank you very much. I said 180,000. I don't, you know, those 6,000 bucks. That changes the equation. You know, if she had made 880, she could have helped Abuela. 174. <laughs> Um, anyway, I play this video for you, the Biden thing, because it's like, these are not real issues. There are so many bigger issues that are happening to us right this very moment. Violence in our streets, critical race theory that we're gonna talk about, brainwashing our children, the hyper-racialization of everything, the encroachment now of China, what's going on with COVID and was it leaked? And then are we at war at that point? Like there's. There's so many real things, but they don't want you to think about the real things. They want you to think about systemic racism, which doesn't exist, and climate change, which you can't do much about. Again, that's not to say you shouldn't do anything, and we do recycle around here, and there should be some, probably some public-private partnership to deal with some of that stuff. We did a, a Friday panel on climate change a couple weeks ago, if you want more of my thoughts on that. Before we move on, people, I wanna talk to you about Raycon, you know, as you know, once a year, I like to go off the grid for the month of August. <laughs> I cannot wait to do it this year. After spending the last year cooped up at home, I'm excited to be traveling again and looking forward to a real summer vacation. We're not sure where we're gonna go yet. Actually, if you have any, uh, any ideas on where we should go, let us know in the comments. Whether it's for work or play, a lot of us are gonna be on the move again this summer. So my advice is to you, my advice to you is to take your Raycons with you. Whether you're catching up on Ruben Report episodes or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist, a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears can make all the difference. You get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great and feel even better. They come in a range of colors and have customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And Raycons are built to go everywhere you, wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. I use them when I'm doing cardio to my Ronald Reagan speeches, which is not the fastest cardio ever, but it does the trick. Listen up guys, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners, and here's what you've gotta do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ruben. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order, and it's such a good deal, you'll wanna grab a pair and maybe a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ruben. Buyraycon.com slash Ruben, and now back to Ruben. All right, so Brian Stelter, this is this potato clown guy that's on CNN. He hosts a show called Reliable, sources, and this is their Sunday news recap show. And I, I kid you not, you know, I've always been sort of a student of the media, of TV and politics. I always loved all this stuff. Even, really it started when I was about 10 years old. I sort of remember when I was sort of into this stuff and my dad would be watching these things and I would be watching them. And it used to be, Reliable Sources, used to be hosted by a guy by the name of Howard Kurtz, who now is on Fox News. But it was basically like they would talk about like what's going on in the media, what are our blind spots, can we do something better, can we really hold power to account? And Howard Kurtz, I thought, did a, a pretty nice job doing it. And he, do, he does a similar show, if I'm not mistaken, on, on Fox these days. But anyway, Brian Stelter took over from him, I think it's probably about 10 years ago or so, Something like that. And Stelter's just awful. If you wanna just see like the type of person that's just part of the machine and just wants to like suck up to all of the worst people constantly and when he thought things were horrible under Trump, now the same things happen under Biden but you know, we don't talk about them anymore or we somehow obfuscate them or whatever it might be. Well first, just listen to this question. You're gonna get the answer from Pisaki but listen to the question that Stelter asks Pisaki. Here's clip one. What does the press get wrong 
when covering Biden's agenda. When you watch the news, when you read the news, what do you think we get wrong? Well, look, I think some of our muscles have atrophied a little bit over the last few years. And there isn't a, a lot of memory or recent memory or long, longer memory on how long it takes to get legislation forward or how messy uh, the process of negotiating and the process of getting legislation across the finish line can be. So we know we understand everybody's always looking for a deadline, a timeline, things like that. But at the end of the day, uh, our focus is on getting these bills across the finish line, doing it in a bipartisan way if we can. And we certainly recognize that that can be messy along the process. So I don't know if that's the press getting it wrong. Uh, I'll leave you to the critique of that, Brian. But uh, I think sometimes we forget uh, how strange the last four years were. And when we return to a place where democracy is working, where we're talking with Democrats and Republicans, where we're trying to get bills and legislation passed. Yes, when we return to a place when democracy is working, when we're all blowing each other constantly and nobody is saying anything remotely close to true. I mean, forget her answer. She's just she's just the worst. But his question, what does the press get wrong? Why would you ask the press secretary that? That's the person you're supposed to be challenging. That's the person who is the face of the White House every day out there with the press. That's the person you should be asking all the most incisive questions. That's the most the person you should be asking all the most pressing questions that you should be pushing and prodding to get to something closer to the truth. And he's saying, what does the press get wrong when covering the Biden agenda? That is the worst sort of, oh, I mean, it, they literally, Stelter is basically a puppy who wants a cookie. That's all he is. He's a little, a, a fat little puppy who, you know, some puppies are, you know, he got into the cookie jar too much, but he's just down there. Like, please, can I have another cookie? Can I have another cookie? That's, yip, 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 I want a cookie. All right, if you didn't think that was bad enough, then Stelter asks Pisaki because she's known to speak truth he asks her about truth. Journalists who watch what you do, what's your advice for them about trying to stay hit close to the truth in this world of lies? Well, I think what I try to do is stay grounded to the facts and what I mean by that, the details and what mm. we can help provide publicly to clarify context, to make it more understandable to the press, to the public. Uh, and it, sometimes it's not more complicated than that. Oh, Lord, give me the strength. It's only Monday. Forget, again, forget her answer. She just says words. Like, it's just word, 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 noun, adjective, adverb, okay, boop, bop, bop. She's just saying nothing, but that's her job to say nothing. Um, but asking the press secretary about truth, you, Stelter, you're one of the prime purveyors of lies. You push the Russia hoax, the Covington kid hoax, the Brett Kavanaugh hoax. We can go on and on about the lies that you push every week. Then there was this other thing last week, speaking of Stelter and his network CNN, where Jake Tapper said that he won't have liars on his show anymore. And he was talking about a couple Republicans uh, who were defending Trump you know, over election stuff a few months ago, that he's not gonna have these liars on his show anymore. And then, uh, what's her name, Stefanik. What's, what's her first name, Elise Stefanik, I believe. Uh, who is a congresswoman out of New York, I think maybe Staten Island, if I'm not mistaken, she posted screenshots, it's actually spectacular, of, of Tapper's people asking her to come on the show at the same time while he's saying he's not gonna talk to these people. They're all liars. They're liars and they're, it's as if they're like laundering the lies with each other. So you get Stelter talking to Pisaki. It's his job to lie. It's her job to lie. Let's all launder the lies together and we'll all lie all the time. And as I quote all the time now, the Solzhenitsyn quote, 
We know that they know they're lying. We know they're lying. They know that we know they're lying and they continue to lie. Well, it's just gonna keep going, people. It is just bananas. But okay, I'm gonna give you a story here. We're gonna talk about critical race theory. I know you guys know all about critical race theory. We have talked about it quite endlessly. This is a, a horrific set of ideas that implies that the United States founding principles were racism, that things like being on time and working hard and doing your job, that these are somehow white characteristics, which if they are white characteristics, then it seems like white supremacists would be a, a pretty great bunch of people who would be pretty productive that you'd wanna be around. I mean, the whole thing is just backwards nonsense. You all know that, but in some places in the United States, they're actually officially putting it into schools, and in other places in the United States, they're actually getting rid of it. So we've got some quotes here from The Federalist, uh, and this starts us with Washington State. As several states move to ban toxic critical race theory from indoctrinating students, the state of Washington is leaning in. The race-obsessed framework isn't relegated to schools in Seattle where you'd expect a victim-centered ideology like critical race theory to flourish. Thanks to the state's Democrat-controlled legislature, a trio of bills just signed into law mandates critical race theory training for all public school teachers. Another even requires training for medical students, teaching them that it's essential to be social justice activists as it is to treat patients. Staffers learn that black people cannot be racist because they don't have power, that whites benefit from white privilege even if they experience high poverty, and that virtually every American institution is founded in white supremacy. Okay, so Washington, you're not a good place. I say that with all due irony. I'm here in California, not a good place either. But understand that systemic racism, the stuff that Joe Biden was talking about, in story number one that doesn't really exist. They are the ones putting it into the system. They are going to train a generation of young people through training a generation of teachers that somehow black people can't be racist. I mean, Jamel Hill is a racist. Um, all of the people pushing critical race theory are racists, right? We, we know this. If I, I, you can be a racist. I don't care what your skin color is. I don't care for these semantic games that they wanna play. If you're a black person and you want white people to be treated differently under the law, and you don't like white people just because of the color of their skin, you're a racist. And same goes, if you're a white person and you don't want black people or whatever it is, you're a racist too. Like stop playing these, we're all playing these ridiculous semantic games with these people who would never afford us the, the opportunity to be wide in our thoughts, but we're supposed to always give them the absolute benefit of the doubt. Then I saw this morning, that Randy Weingarten, who's the head of the teachers union, and this woman is just completely bananas. If you don't think she's bananas, go look at her Twitter flag. Her avatar is the flag. It's the trans flag with the black and brown flag on top of it, and another flag on top of it, and a flag on top of that. The woman believes in everything, and when you believe in everything, you actually believe in nothing. Can you guys tell I'm caffeinated this morning? Um, <laughs> Well, I saw a tweet from her where she tweets out an article by the ACLU claiming that right-wingers are trying to stop uh, people from learning about racism in schools, and it's just a complete lie. It's not that right-wingers are stopping anyone from teaching racism in school. If you go to any public school, you learn about slavery, you learn about the history of America, you learn all of those things. I've never heard a conservative person or a, a crazy right-winger say we can't talk 
about racism or we can't talk about slavery or we can't have an honest assessment of the history of the United States. What they're trying to ban is critical race theory, which is race essentialism in schools, which is telling white people that they are less while telling black people that they are more. This is the reverse of that Martin Luther King thing. I know you know it already, but these people, they're all liars and buffoons and I don't know what we're supposed to do with them. Anyway, there are some decent people around. Uh, Ron DeSantis, who of course is the governor of the great state of Florida. Can we reach out to him when I'm there next week? Let's see if we can pull something off. All right, we, oh, we already have, all right. Uh, let's see if I can get a meeting with, uh, with Governor DeSantis. Uh, he is banning critical race theory in Florida, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to him. This proposition that we are a systemically racist country, your reaction? Well, it's a bunch of horse manure. I mean, give me a break. This country uh, has had more opportunity for more people than any country in the history of the world. And it doesn't matter where you trace your ancestry from. We've had people that have been able to succeed and all. And here's the problem with things like critical race theory that they're peddling. They're basically saying all our institutions are, are bankrupt and they're, they're illegitimate. Okay, so how do you have a society if everything in your society is illegitimate? So it's a very harmful ideology, and I would say uh, really a, a race-based version uh, of, of a Marxist-type ideology. So we've banned it in our schools here in Florida. We're not gonna put any taxpayer dollars to critical race theory, and we wanna treat people as individuals, not as members of groups. God, that is what a decent, public servant looks and sounds like. That is someone who does not want a generation of people to be brainwashed. That is someone who wants people to be free and talks about the individual, which is the most fundamental building block that we've got here in the United States. I mean, that is just, please become President Ron DeSantis. Please, let it happen, let it happen. Uh, but if you don't think that's enough, uh, oh, oh, I want to actually address one other thing that he says. When he's talking about the institutions, if, if your point is, and this is their point, that all of the institutions are fundamentally evil and, and whatever, and I, by the way, I sort of agree at this point, the institutions are evil, but not because of them being racist, it's because these people have overtaken the institutions, right? Their argument is that all of the institutions, our political institutions, our cultural institutions, all of our, um, all of our businesses, our corporations, their argument is that they're all racist, thus evil. No, they weren't, and they haven't been. They now, as these people have infected the host, right? The alien uh, analogy that I always give, they've taken over the body. They're the ones that have made these things racist, okay? That is the problem. Uh, but if you don't think what DeSantis is doing on critical race theory is good enough, he also, I wanted to play this last week, on June 1st, which was the first day of LGBTQ+, whatever, whatever, Pride Month, uh, he banned trans girls, meaning biological boys, from competing in women's sports. And people were very upset about this, saying he's attacking trans people on day one. He's banning trans people from sports. Before I show you the video, let's just be very clear about something. He's not banning anyone from sports. He's saying you have to play in the division that is correlated with your biological sex, thus, girls can compete against biological girls and we don't want boys competing against biological girls so that they can dunk on them or choke them or run faster than them. That would have been the feminist position of 20 years ago. Uh, now it's some sort of right-wing radical stuff, but let's listen to DeSantis. I can tell you this, in Florida, 
you know, girls are going to play girls sports and boys are going to play boys sports. That's what we're doing, and we're going to make sure that that's the reality. The bill that we're doing uh, today uh, will ensure fairness uh, for women athletes uh, for years to come in the state of Florida. Um, it says that athletic teams or sports uh, that are designated for females are open uh, to females. And we're going to go based off biology, not based off ideology when we're doing sports. Biology, not ideology. That pretty much nails it, right? You know what's interesting about listening to DeSantis? We are subjugated to so many ridiculous politicians, hysterical lunacy from Bernie Sanders talking like this and, and AOC constantly swinging her arms and, all, and, and Biden mumbling through things. We're so subjected to ridiculousness at, at all times that I find when listening to DeSantis, it's almost like, oh, there's something sane. There's still something sane. And by the way, the something sane, that's what's gonna fix this thing and that's what we gotta be fighting for. Like just sanity. There's nothing radical or evil or racist or homophobic or Islamophobic or transphobic about anything that he said there, okay? He wants girls to compete against girls. Fairness for women athletes. But that would be considered uh, crazy right-wing stuff. Anyway, as you can see on this Monday, we still got work to do. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's from Red Pill and my brother-in-law on Friday or just being away from politics for the weekend, but I really think we might be getting some wins here. I, I think some things, like maybe this thing, whatever this thing that we're all fighting that you guys can all see that I, I talk to so many of you about every day uh, when I respond to people in, the, in the, our locals community, like maybe the thing that we can all see, maybe it needed to be brought out further. So we needed to get it to fully burst forth to see what it is, to see that these people lie about everything. I tweeted it this morning, but it's like, give me, give me something that someone on the left isn't lying about. What position is there of the left that isn't based on a lie? Meaning it's, it's either just outright false, like America is systemically racist, or whatever policy prescription they have isn't just dishonest, say $15 minimum wage, which there's no economic theory that shows it would make sense, putting aside whether it's fair and all the things. Everything they say is a lie. And I think at some point, the truth is incontrovertible. Like the truth is there, it's there, and we just gotta keep fighting for it. And I think more and more people will wake up. Speaking of the truth, if you guys didn't see it, I did this, really, it was like the most joyous 10 minute interview I've ever done uh, with Corey Yeshua and his daughter, uh, Trent, no, not Liberty. Tr royalty, thank you. <laughs> royalty, Liberty, Trinity. She was in the Matrix, I think. Uh, this was uh, the duo, they were in that fantastic viral video uh, from last week where he's just a young father telling his young daughter uh, that critical race theory is nonsense and she just is telling you the truth about kids. They just wanna be around good people and be nice and all this stuff. So we got to sit down with him. Uh, she did, I said, you know, I wanna give you a hundred bucks to get whatever you want because she was just so great. And she wanted a Lamborghini, which was a bit of a stretch, you know what I mean? We get demonetized every now and again. That's, that's a bit much, but I did get her an American Girl doll, so I feel good about that. Uh, also, my full interview with Kirk Cameron, uh, former 80s child star, turned like real sort of decent American revolutionary, cares about this place, let's fix this country kind of guy. Our full sit down is up on YouTube right now. 
Oh, and my uh, part one of my interview with Sorab Amari, which is a really, really interesting interview. He is the New York Post, uh, one of the New York Post editors of the op-ed pages and uh, just wrote a book called The Unbroken Thread. Really, really interesting guy. And we, we come from very different places, but I think we've come to similar conclusions about the touch points on liberalism and conservatism and what will kind of get us through all of this lying nonsense, actually. It would be a perfect follow-up for everything I talked about today. So part one is on the YouTube right now. The full interview is up ad-free five days early over at rubenreport.locals.com. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'm going to Florida next week. Maybe we'll do a locals meetup. Let me see if we can pull up some time for that. We'll see about that. And I hope your Monday is going well. Enjoy the week. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.